Can you hear me? Yeah, when, uh, yeah, sure. We can have. So we're gonna have M- Maxwell up first. Uh, he has okay. the first question for you. So Maxwell, we'll let you up. Hey, Mrs. Washington, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Maxwell? Doing well, doing well. So I'm I'm from Charlotte. I'm a, I'm a big Hornets fan. Um, I'm I'm on lock these locker room streets every day defending your son PJ. Um, I, <laughs> I think he's a he's a. I think he's a, a good guy. I think he's going to be a good player. I just think people, the culture is to kind of react a little bit quickly with these young guys. And so I'm always telling people, just be patient with PJ. I think he's going to be a good guy. So people, so I, I, I defend your son on a daily basis. I want to tell you that first and foremost. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We'll have to hook up. I can get on here and help you defend as well. Yes, ma'am. I just, I just followed you. So yeah, for sure. For sure. I can, I can bring you in to, to, to talk some Hornets for sure. But I, I do want to ask you about the, uh, the process, uh, like, you know, draft, the draft process and kind of how that went, uh, for him. Um, and when you guys kind of knew, um, that he was going to come to Charlotte. You know, mm-hmm. did you guys know before the before draft night or anything like that? Did they give you any indications? And then uh, what that process was kind of like when you when you all kind of figured it out? Um, the draft process for us, our agent knew about where PJ was going to be going and where he would be picked. But he didn't tell us. We didn't find that out until after. So we didn't know where he was going. We had no clue. Um, so that night when he was uh, picked number 12 was just a surprise for us as was for anybody. And I guess I, I wanted to ask you this too, like, if you know, from being, obviously, you know, being a basketball player in Kentucky is, you know, there's a huge level of, you know, attention that, that comes from that. And uh, how, how did he adjust uh, or, or what or did you, did you guys talk about it? Like, what was the adjustment like for him from, you know, being the, the man at Kentucky to like coming to, to the NBA and playing in Charlotte where it's like a little bit more low key. Right. Well, you know what? I think uh, Kentucky prepared him, you know, to be able to deal with, um, uh, you know, being that being a star player per se. Um, So coming to Charlotte and, you know, being in that first year and and it's it's not as big as what the Kentucky fan base was. Exactly. (laughs) uh, um, You know, he he's already experienced the Kentucky. So if anybody can live and survive through that fan base, you can you can very well, um, you know, flourish in any fan base. So coming to Charlotte and not having as much hasn't been a problem for him because I think he, you know, he had so much of it when he was at Kentucky. So this is probably a relief to be able to breathe a little. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Miss Miss Sherry, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll jump down, but it was it's great having you. I look forward to listening to the rest of this and and hearing from you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Scott and Trish and Wendy. Thanks, Maxwell. Appreciate you coming up. Um, Adrian, do you want to request to speak? You guys gotta check out the whole podcast. I, Sherry was a I blast. Have a, I have a quick question while we're waiting for Adrian. Hi, Sherry. I'm Trish. I'm part of Tide League's team, and I, I actually missed the interview. Um, so I can't wait to – I'll get to listen to it once it drops on, on Spotify. But I have – well, I have two things, actually. My first is I don't know if anybody has made the Halifax-Charlotte Hornets connection for you yet, but there's a young guy who's on a two-way. His name is Nate Darling, and he's actually my friend's son. So if you can get PJ at it, look out for him. That would be great. We'd appreciate it. I will. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's from Halifax, which is where, which is where our, where we're based out of. So, but my question is actually following from Maxwell's question, which is about the Kentucky fan base. When you're a young kid and this overwhelming sense of support that they're known for, mm-hmm. how did you keep him grounded? Like fr- as a parent, you're not with him all the time. So how did you make sure that all that kept, didn't like, 
go Inter- to his head right. or, or, or ruin him in some way, like keep him focused, keep mm-hmm. him humble. Like how, how did you? Well, um, PJ actually played prep school basketball. He didn't play with a traditional high school team. So being a prep school player got him to um, uh, be prepared, per se, for the fan base. Because being a prep school, he did a lot of traveling to go play in you know different tournaments and different games. And there were a lot of fans there. They had uh, fans that wanted autographs. So he had, you know, he got a lot of practice from that. Um, And we've always told him to always sign autographs for kids, especially because you don't know, you could be making that kid's day. Um, Don't, don't ever turn down a child. Now, as far as adults, we always told him, Hey, you you can make that choice if you want to sign for an adult or not, but never, you know, bypass a child because you just don't know what you could be doing for their life. But uh, he was already prepared for, you know, Kentucky's fan base from being in uh, the prep schools in high school. Oh, that's great. And and I'm sure it had a lot to do with how you raised him before he got to prep school, though, too. You're just being humble yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm going to let uh, the next person come on. But don't forget, Nate Darling. Great. Thank you, Trish. Um, so, Adrian, can you request to speak? There we go. There you go, Adrian. You're muted right now. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Sherry, by the way. We appreciate it. I'm sure everybody in the room appreciates it, too. Oh, no problem. Hey, Sherry, how's it going? It's going great. I'm super excited to be on Locker Room talking to you tonight. I'm a huge Charlotte Hornets fan. As some of the people in the chat may know, I've been, I said before the season starts that they're going to make the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. They're playing well. How much fun has it been to watch your son play alongside this young, energetic? Oh, this, this team this year is very exciting to watch. Uh, I mean, if you, if you blink an eye, you're going to miss something like the game, a couple games where you, you thought that they were going to lose and you, you may have fallen asleep, especially the one where my son had his career high 42 points. You wake up the next day and they won. And you're like, oh my gosh. But no, this, this team, this, especially this year, this young team is very exciting to watch. Um, they have, so much more to learn. They can only get better. So I am really enjoying watching this year. Yeah, I am. I think they're uh, they're going to give you know someone in the playoffs a run for their money. A lot of people like if I was if I was the the Sixers or the Brooklyn Nets, you know I'm happy going into the playoffs because I know we're good. But I would be I would not be happy if I had to play the Charlotte Hornets in the. Oh, no, 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 because you can't overlook us. You can't overlook us. And my other question is, because I know you play college basketball, if you and your son were in a three-point contest today, just like it all. Ooh. I would have to. If you gave me a couple weeks to get prepared. And and bear in mind, you, you can shoot with a woman's ball. Oh, definitely me. Hands down. <laughs> that's what's up. All right, that's, Hands down. That's all I got. <laughs> I love the confidence. You know, he got it from mama, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. He gets it from his mom. Okay, so we're going to get Adrian back up. Hopefully, Adrian's audio. Hey, Adrian. Hi. How's it going, man? There you go. There's your audio. You can ask your question. Do you have any stress being a mother of a basketball player? Oh, yes. Definitely have stress. And, and let's let's open this up to Wendy too, because after because Wendy's also a basketball mom of Ken Birch, so we'll open up to Wendy. After. Okay, you definitely have stress. Um, you have the stress of watching your son on the court. You want to make sure that he doesn't get injured. Um, you have the stress of worrying about what uh, different females are trying to date your son, and if they're sincere, if they're genuine. Um, let me see. I can't think. I'm trying to think of any others. That's the only other thing that I can think of. Um, I would like to add playing time. 
because I think stress is, you know what I mean? Our boys are up there playing and for them, playing time is, is really important for them. Yeah. A lot of times that's, you know what I mean? A lot of mental health issues go on with our boys because they're just toggled back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. The expectations are a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? They're expected to do miracles at every single time they're on the court. And that's not necessarily, um, what it is, right? Yeah, um, yeah I agree. And totally. Adding to the life they live, I mean, they're in a different different field now. You know, what I mean, now they're making all this money, so you got to make sure that they remain grounded. Correct. Most yeah. important. Yes, you definitely have to. I have to piggyback on that. You definitely have to uh, check on their mental. That that's definitely a stressor because I want to make sure that he's in the right headspace at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Keep him focused. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Well, you're welcome, Adrian. We'll let Brie go next. All right. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. First of all, your dog is adorable. And sorry if that's been talked about. I had to have this on low volume while I was on a meeting quick. But I love dogs, and I love that that's your picture. Um, You know what? It's actually PJ's dog. Oh my gosh, really? Is it a, what kind of dog is it? I couldn't tell. He's a pit bull. He's my first grandpa. What's his name? His name is Zeus. Oh my gosh, Zeus is adorable. I love dogs. My my mom loves her, her grandpups as well. <laughs> um, But anyways, so I'm actually, I am in sports photography and one of the first people that I photographed when I was starting out was um, PJ at Peach Jam and uh, yeah, that was one of my first events as a photographer, which was so overwhelming. So I just wanted to get your thoughts as like a mom on like what the UIBL was like to you and what Peach Jam, if you went to the Peach Jam events, which I assume you did, um, what that was like as a parent. Um, because for me, like I knew about high school basketball, but then going to the Nike UIBL and, mm-hmm. um, and Peach Jam was like a whole different world. It was insane mm-hmm. to me, like a culture shock. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on on being a parent of a kid who's who's playing at Peach Jam. Oh, man, you are absolutely right. Peach Jam is a whole different world in itself. I mean, you it, it it's just an exciting moment. It's almost like being in the Kentucky fan base where um, – the only difference is for these peach jam peach jam games there's never enough seats so you have to get there at least two games before yours and you may have to sit and watch a game that you're not even interested in just so you can have a seat to be able to watch your own team play um the, those games those were some of the most exciting and fun um stressful games that we have ever been a part of with PJ it was, I mean, it, I felt like my son was a star at that point. And I was, I was like a, you know, a, 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 this huge fan of him at the end of the games. I was, I was a little jealous if he didn't come see me first before he talked to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> the, the atmosphere there is absolutely insane. I'm so glad you brought up the point about like the lines outside the door to get in. And like you said, like just to see your own son play, you'd have to get there two games early. Like it, like, I've always been a proponent of like maybe moving to a bigger venue, but I know that there's a lot of history that comes with Peach Jam and mm-hmm. and the Augusta location. But um, yeah, the energy there was unreal. Um, I think like the amount of media and stuff that was trying to talk to people is so crazy. And so I was just like, I can't imagine as a sports parent, like you grow up, you know, in the AAU scene, but there's not there's nothing like Nike YBL and Peach Jam. So no, nothing compares to it. Nothing, nothing at all. We played. My son, I think it was his freshman, because he played in it as a freshman. I think his his uh, first game, he played in the Under Armour one. And I think he played, he went to one tournament and didn't like it. He was like, no, I, I can't do this. I, I want to go back to Nike. And even I, me as a mom, I was like, yes, because this is, oh, I don't like this either. <laughs> uh yeah under armor and adidas is much different than nike like it's it's not even on the same level like there's good competition in those leagues but when it comes to like the fans and the coverage and everything it's just it's it's totally different so i i appreciate your insight though I, that had to be fun as a sports mom to be at oh yeah that was the best that was the best it was it was almost like i had to plan my outfits you got to make sure you look <laughs> when you're going to 
YBL games. Yes, I had to do the same thing as media. And I had the same problem. Like there was times where the the gyms were full and as like a credentialed media person, I couldn't get in or I'd just be like squished. I mean, you probably remember the sidelines seeing all these videographers and photographers like squished together, sitting cross-legged. And Mm -hmm. just just to imagine, like that's probably the only setting where a gym is too full to allow like actual credentialed media people in. Like that's that's really the only place that that happens. So it, it was insane. It's it's super fun. I hope that the the high school kids get to play in it this year and that the EYBL happened since it was canceled last year. Yes, I do too. I think every high school player should have that experience. It is just the best. For sure. Thank you so much for, for answering the question and your insight. Thank you. Thanks for coming up, Bree. We appreciate it. Um, so just so anybody knows, Wendy's also a basketball mom. So if you guys have any ba- questions towards Wendy as well, she's mother of Orlando Magic forward Ken Birch. Um, so Sherry, there's a question in the chat for you. Oh, it is after scoring 42 points. How was PJ and how did you keep him grounded on his feet? After you know what? He didn't even think about the 42 points. Kept him grounded was by letting him know that he didn't, he still hasn't beat me. So he still got to score, score more points than what I did in high school. So I'm still winning on that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we'll get Kyle, <laughs> we'll get Kyle with this question next, okay? Okay. Hi, Sherry. Uh, thanks so much for doing this. Before I uh, ask my question, I just want to say uh, I was a huge fan of PJ while he was at Kentucky, and uh, I love seeing him play such a big role in this uh, fun, exciting young Horns team. Um, my question to you is, uh, uh, outside of basketball, what is your uh, proudest mom moment uh, for PJ? You know what? Outside of basketball, my proudest moment for my son is that he's a homeowner. He purchased his first home, and from what I understand, that is uh, pretty much unheard of from young players when they first enter into the league. But um, that is something that my husband and I have been encouraging him to do, you know, um, not to not necessarily waste your money, but let's make sure that we're spending your money wisely. You're you're going to be a homeowner, so you'll be able to reap the benefits of that. So that's my proudest moment for that for my son. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to answer my question. Thank you. So, Sarvan, do you want to request to speak? Perfect. There you go. Uh, hello, Wendy. Hello, Shay. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, I have, like, uh, two different questions. Uh, it's about the same thing. So, what is the most difficult part as a parent in the college recruiting process and, and the NBA draft? Um, the most difficult part for the college process would be um, just trying to make sure that your your child goes to the um, the right spot, the place that's going to develop and nurture his talent and uh, his basketball skills and get him better. Um, for the draft process, the you, you just have to keep. I had to. We, we just had to make sure we kept him calm and relaxed and try not to stress about where you're going and what, when you get picked and all that different stuff. Just try to, you know, stay focused, live in the moment and enjoy all. So how stressful is a waiting room when you're in the draft? How stressful is it? Now being in the green room, um, I think you're, well, for me personally, I was just, you know, overwhelmed with the fact that we were actually there. Um, but what we started to notice was when right before you're getting ready to get picked, all the camera crew comes over to you and they have all these cameras on you. So you, you know they, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to be next. They're going to call my name next. So that gives you a, you know, a, a few minutes to try to calm down and get, you know, get settled in. But that was the most stressful part uh, of being in the green room. And and also, like, what do NBA teams do for, like, orientation for a rookie so that they get them settled in a professional life? So, for me, like, professional life is first going through college and then other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I'm currently doing a PhD, so it's been a long process in the professional life. For, but for NBA players, it's just, like, one year in college and and you're doing all pre-draft work during that. Mm-hmm. Year. But it's suddenly, it's a professional life. So, that's, I think that's too... Uh, like it's an enormous jump. So, how huh, 
what do right. NBA teams do uh, with uh, respect to parents? When they when um when they have the NBA combine, they have different um. I'm saying classes, but they're more like meetings, but they have these different meetings that the players go to and they teach them different things about uh, becoming professional athletes and how to manage your money and, um, you know, different things like that and how to handle all the stress that comes with this first job that you're going to, you know, you're going to be having. And it's the NBPA, actually, that is overseeing that. And then once you get picked to a team, um when uh, PJ got drafted, I think the draft was on a Thursday. That Friday when we got there, he was in meetings all day. And uh, it was basically, and, you know, it's ongoing. It, it doesn't stop just, at, you know, after you got drafted. But he was in meetings all day going over different protocols on how to do this, how to do that, what to expect. So th- there, it, there's ongoing training that they receive in order to be able to handle their, their new jobs, per se. Mm-hmm. Thanks for answering my questions. It was nice talking to you. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, Wendy, do you uh, do you want to chime in on the recruitment process and all that? Um, Cam's recruitment process was a little bit different, but um, coming from Canada was totally different, where your schooling is not the same as the U.S. schooling. So we had to take a different route because we had to make sure that Cam's core courses were up to par because um, the NCAA rules in Canada versus the U.S. is not the same. Um, so for us, we had to really, Kem had to go to school all year round um, just to catch up. So he didn't, he went to school in the summertime and he did that for four years um, just so that he can get himself where he needs to be. And then after that process, everything was fine. But it was long because Kem was a full-time student, full-time, like every day, all day for four years straight. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was long. John had a question for John had a question for Wendy in the comments as well. He says, what was it like for Kem coming from Canada to us and now the NBA? And he had a, he had stops overseas as well, just in that transition from country to country. Um, It was different because like I said, the culture in Canada to the U S is different. So the school was, the schooling was different. Um, And then once Kim uh, went to school in the U S and then he went undrafted, he had to go to, um, he went through um, Europe to get to the NBA. So Kim, once he went undrafted, he went to the Miami heat and then he got waived. He went to the G league. And then from there he went to Turkey for a year. So that was a hard transition for him because he did, it wasn't as like he was going to U.S. to Canada. He went from the U.S. to a whole, whole other side of the world. So that in, within itself was a little scary at first because now he's in a different zone where he doesn't even understand the language. He doesn't eat the same type of foods. He doesn't really understand what's really going on. So he really had to rely on the people that were there really to take care of him. Then from Turkey, he went to Greece. So that's yet another new culture that he had to learn but at the same time, he was a blessing for him because he was able to learn different parts of the world and at the same time learn basketball at a different level. And he absolutely loved it. And then his time came when he got called by the Magic to come to the U.S. You know, he's a quiet guy, Cam. But and I've never asked you this before, but was there ever a point in any of these journeys? So going all the way to Las Vegas, going then, you know, going to Turkey, going to Greece. Did he ever call you up and say? at any point, like, I, I I can't do this. Like, did he ever express that he didn't, like, he couldn't handle what was happening? Um, he did, but it was more him being nervous, thinking that he won't get chosen to play in the NBA. Because at the end of the day, although he was playing in Europe and he wasn't a good basketball position in Turkey and Greece, his dream was still to make it to the league. So there were times where Kim was afraid that he would never make it to the NBA. And there was times where he was like, that's it. I'm going to be stuck in Europe for the rest of my life. And there were times where he's like, I'm done. I'm just going to come back home. So, yeah. Sherry, how about with you? Did PJ ever, like, he went to prep school. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, did he ever not want to do it or not want to leave or want to come home? And- uh, at the time, we were living in Texas and uh, his prep school that we sent him to was in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, so we definitely got a few calls from him where he was like, I can't do this. I don't want to be here. 
And that prompted my husband to move to Vegas and uh, get a job there. So that, And then he had one incident when he was at Kentucky his freshman year where he just got to the point where he was like, you know what, I don't want to play basketball anymore. And uh, he called me, he was upset, and I, I flew up there and I was like, look, it, it, it's not going to be easy. You've got to work for what you want. You've got to work for the goals that you've set. And he, quitting is not an option. This is what you picked, so you're going to stick it out and you're going to make it. So, And, hey, he, he got his head off his off my chest and stop, you know, whining and feeling sorry for himself and did what he had to do. And here he is. I always think I always kind of marvel at all all of you basketball moms that, you know, you, you, it's that fine line where you're doing it for their good, Mm -hmm. but then there must be doubts inside of you. Like, am I pushing this? Do I, should I push this? Like, I don't know. Like, I just know so many moms who have so many doubts about what's best for their kids. And I can't imagine how you guys feel or how you felt when it's like these major life decisions that are being made for your kids at such a right. young age. Well, you know I, not, I hope I didn't interrupt, but I, I do feel like they have at some point, you've got to push them. Now, the, I mean, you don't want to push too hard. You, you've got to know the limit, but you, you've got to push them to, uh, to be great. Because they're they're kids. They don't realize you can see what they have in, you know, what what talents they have and they can't really see it. So you've got to positively push them in the right direction. I just want to add to what Sherry's saying about that. I mean, Sherry, you're you're blessed uh, where your husband had the option to move mm-hmm. to Vegas and, mm-hmm. and and get a job there where for for myself, I mean, I'm a Canadian citizen. Right. So. For me, it was always raising my son from a distance. I didn't have the option just to show up to the U.S. and go wherever Kim was and just stay there just like that. You know, I'm a Canadian citizen. I never was never able to do that. So I think that's one of like one of the differences between Canadian parents versus U.S. parents when it comes to our kids playing NCAA. Mm -hmm. Just to give you guys a heads up. Um. If you guys love what you hear from Sharon, Wendy, Wendy does a weekly podcast with all WNBA, NBA, and just professional basketball moms. Sherry will be releasing on Thursday if you guys want to hear the full episode. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll get Maxwell to ask his question. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> um, but, oh, this is for both Sherry and Wendy. Um, you know, both of your sons play on teams that are are fairly, you know, young. I think I think Charlotte's the youngest team in the NBA. I'm not sure whether whether where the Magic rank as far as youth, but I know that they're um, they're they're fairly young from from I, I believe. But um, and, and these are both teams that like are definitely are definitely like continuing to build and and to you know hope to put pieces together to win in the future. So, uh, what has that process kind of been like for your sons? Um, you know, just mentally in terms of just understanding that, you know, they may not win a lot now, but, you know, they're, they're both kind of a part of, um, you know, what could possibly be, um, success in the future. Like how, how has it kind of felt in the, in the, in, in the present day to sort of deal with, with that and, and, and kind of being on a, on a younger team that's trying to learn how to, how to be successful. Sherry, you want to, I'll go, um, for Kim, it is a big building process for the Magic because um, I think right now their record is 13 and 23, I believe. Um, so it is tough as a player, you know what I mean, when your team just constantly loses. However, for Kim, he just has so much trust in that team and he knows and understands that it's going to take a while for them to get where they want to be, right? Because they are young players. And the magic at one point they were shuffling players around. So it's just really getting together with the players and understanding who they really are and working more as a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you to pick, I mean? yeah. yeah, piggyback off of what Wendy just said, that, that, that's true. Um, PJ was a lot more frustrated last year than he is this year. Um, yeah. This team seems to be a bit more exciting with the addition of uh, the new players that we, you know, that we got in the journey. But uh, we just keep telling PJ that, you know, look, you guys are young. Uh, just keep working. It's going to get better. You'll 
you, you need some time to gel with each other. Um, but, you know, just don't give up, basically, on your team. Uh, talk to each other and just working hard on the court and, you know, be the, your labor. Yeah. Well, Sherry, we want to thank the Charlotte Hornets for Dwayne Bacon, by the way. <laughs> so. oh, oh, I was like, what is going on? Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, I needed to have been in that. They needed me up there. That's all it was. Yeah, that's an awesome question, Max. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys again for doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So, Ant, we'll get you up next. If anybody else has questions, just request to speak. Hey, what's up? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Yes. Ask right. away. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So, you know, you know, as your sons are growing up, you guys are you know, in the top one percent of the one percent in terms of being mothers of elite athletes so as you guys are growing up you slowly outgrow people around you i would love to hear at what point did you feel you had to move on to whether it was a new group of people um a new team surround yourself with people who are on another level um because you know like Growing up, for me, you know, I was on the county team, right? And then we did well, but not well enough to get to regionals. But a really good regional team picked me up. Then I moved on with them. And then next thing I know, I'm on one of the best teams in the state. The next thing I know, I'm surrounded by whole new people. And then I'm on one of the better teams in the country. And But as a player, I'm just playing basketball. As a parent, you're in a whole different – you are you are in a – it's a different type of control as mm-hmm. a parent making those decisions in the background. Um, at what point for you did you feel as parents, hey, we're ready for this challenge, or hey, we need to be surrounded by different folks? I'm just going. I'm just going to keep it. I'm just going to keep it frank with you. We've always been a couple that kept it real, so we haven't felt that needed to you know, basically change our circle of friends. Um, we've kept our circle of friends, but we don't have a problem, more so me, we don't have a problem letting you know up front what, you know, what will and will not happen in right. our life, basically, um, and setting boundaries. Um, we still have the same set of friends, and a lot of um, PJ knew a lot of people so, and he played with a lot of players. So a lot of the moms and dads that are uh, NBA moms and dads, we've already known them for a couple of years. Um, some of, like Chris Paul's parents, we were uh, blessed to be able to meet them. So, and that was just a, you know, just a, for us, that was a blessing to even be in their presence. But I mean, I, I we really haven't, you know, changed friends or, you know, had to get rid of anybody more so. We, what we had to do was retrain family members to let them know what will yep. and will, you know, happen now that our son, who he is. Yep. Same here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I too didn't have to really change my circle of friends. Well, first of all, I'm in Canada. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't really close to a lot of people in the U S at that time. Um, and it's funny because now I'm getting to know more and more and more NBA parents and such. Mm-hmm. But my circle of friends, I mean, they didn't really, really change. And my family members, they understood. They were told from the jump, mm-hmm. what we gave you in the past is what we're going to give you in the future, which is nothing. So, right. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. <laughs> no, no, there's no trickle downs. You right. know what I mean? Like for mm-hmm. me, I'm that parent where Kem is on the court. He's, he's the one who's getting his paycheck. It ain't got nothing to do with anybody. Right. You know what I mean? We don't ask. We don't nothing. It's like, Kem, you do you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I say to a lot of the other parents, too, or friends, you know, if they ever come knocking, they know that that door is going to get shut quick because I, I'm i not afraid to cut people off, for especially right. for that, because I find that so disrespectful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People put their hand out. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. they're, they're poor, they're broke. I mean, you were broke before he got to the NBA. Right. I do know right. Kim had to get rid of a couple of friends, though. Um, I didn't, because I'm not the one with the money, right? But Kim... Right. 
Cam did. I know he had to say goodbye to a couple of friends and it took him a while to realize that, yeah, they were after him more. You know, they were more interested in him, just say, because they were always friends. Right. But mm-hmm. of course, they want to hang out with him more now that, you know what I mean? He had a, a, a bigger bank account. Correct. And uh, one one more thing with PJ, what my husband and I told him, if anyone in my family contacts you for money, send them to me. All you have to do yeah. is say, talk to my mom. If yep. anybody's dad <laughs> contacts you for money, send them to your dad. Because yeah. we don't have a problem saying no. That way you don't look like you're the bad guy. But we haven't got had you, got you, got you. Knock on wood, we haven't had any. Well, not that I know of. We haven't had it. Sounds okay. good. That's a good question. Luke will get you up next. Thanks I, for coming on, Ed. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I was just wondering, I mean, you're both uh, the parents of uh, young, very talented athletes, and being exposed to circumstances and situations that very, very few people get to uh, go through. So I'm just wondering, as parents, how hard or easy has it been to keep your kids focused amid the bright lights and all these new experiences coming from every way? Love that question. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, this is Wendy. Um, it wasn't really hard keeping Kim that focused all the time because Kim is a diehard basketball player. So Kim's first focus foremost is basketball anyway. So mm-hmm. he's not that person that wants to get out there and you know what I mean? Like the groupie circle was always small for him. Um, he's not that one that's really flamboyant and always wants to be out there in front of everybody. So for Kim, it wasn't really that hard um, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about you, Sherry. Yeah, that that's pretty much the same for uh, PJ. He's not He's he's basically he's a homebody. If he's not um, traveling with basketball, then he's at home playing his video game. I mean, yeah. he may go out to the club every once in a while, but that's not not something that he's you know focused on trying to do. It's it's all about taking care of business. And what we told him, yeah, you're in the NBA, but that's basically your job. And if you don't perform well on your job, you could get fired. Yeah. And then you won't get paid anymore. So you, you have to look at it that way. So you have to keep working, you know, honing your skills so that you can keep your job. Yeah. I always tell fans, if you're looking for Kim, you won't find him on the street. Get him on the Internet and look up uh, and he'll be playing a PS5 uh, game somewhere. Yeah. Go. <laughs> if you, you want to find him, that's game. where you'll find him. That's where you'll find him. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Luke. Do you have a quick note on it or? Uh, no, just thank you so much. I uh, I have tickets to go see uh, Ken play my Heat on Thursday, so I'm very excited. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. My... Thanks a lot. Yes. Enjoy the game. I'll be sitting here in Canada watching it on TV. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you root for Ken, okay? Make sure you give a little love to Ken. Luke. Yeah, I'll mostly be there because I'm I, uh, I'm excited to go because uh, I grew up uh, with. Uh, Cole Anthony, and so I'm always excited to get to see him play, but I would definitely be looking out for Ken, too. Very okay. nice. Awesome. Thanks for your question, Luke. Thanks, Luke. We'll get Chris on next, and then we'll get Russell on last, and we'll let Wendy and Sherry continue on with their days after. So, Chris, you're on. Hey, hey, everyone. Hey, Scott. Uh, thanks for letting me on. Um, Sherry, it's been really nice listening to, to everything uh, you have to say. Same as you, uh, Wendy. My question for both of you, is, you know, what was it like as a mom kind of watching your sons grow up, you know, especially, you know, those high school years, you know, your time in college, you know, for you, Wendy, overseas, and then now in the league, like, that's a, a really important time of, of growth and development for any person, but for them, especially when they have such high expectations, you know, they're, they're in a spotlight. What was that like for you guys? And how has that impacted your guys' relationship with your sons? Uh, and that's for me, this is Wendy. It was difficult um, because when Kem was really young, um, I had to make a choice because he knew that he wanted to play basketball and we weren't sure what was going to take him. But as a parent, I wanted him to be able to sow his oaks and really get out there. So I had to let him leave. 
so he left, I believe, at the age of maybe 15 to go to the U.S. So it was distance parenting from the start. And it was it was really tough. And then. So it's like saying since he was 15 is when his career started for me as a mother. Right. So he's been gone ever since. And he's 28 now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's 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 weird for me because I was like saying I haven't seen my child in 13 years or 15, however many years it is. Right. Um, and then when he went to a different country, I mean, oh, my God, that was solely totally different. At least when he was in the U.S., I can get in the car and drive. Now he's you know, he's in Turkey and then he went to Greece and then he went to Orlando. He was never here. So for me, it was it, it, it was tough. Mm-hmm. I'd have to piggyback on what Wendy's saying. Um, uh, at PJ left our home as a sophomore and went to play um, prep basketball for Finley Prep in Vegas. So for me, it was like I I was losing him too early, two years too yeah. early. So um, and after you know high school, he went straight to Kentucky. But mine was I mean, I'm, mine was different from Wendy's. I, I'm not in Canada, so I was able to get to him when I needed to to go see him. But it still was difficult to know that wow, my you know my child is leaving early, but I have to let go because this is his life. These are his dreams and goals that he's trying to achieve. So, you know, I have to have to be supportive of him and not self, not selfishly wanting him to stay so that I could just coddle him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thank Thank you. We got time for one more question. So we're going to ask, ask a question in the chat and then we got time for one more person. If they want to request to speak and we'll have you guys up. So Anthony asked for for Sherry, does it put extra pressure on PJ and the Hornets players having MJ as part of the ownership group? Mm. Uh, I, you know what? I don't think so. Um, because we, we the, of course, me and my husband, we were the ones, we grew up in, you know, Michael Jordan's era. So, you know, our son only heard about him. So he didn't really, you know, watch him play and know all the things that he could do. So when PJ first got drafted to the Hornets, that was our first question. Did you meet Jordan? Did you meet Jordan? And he's looking at us like, like we're crazy. And he's like, no, I haven't met him. And, you know, we're like, well, why? What, what, what do you mean? You know? So, and then when he did meet him, it was just like, yeah, I met him. We talked and that was it. And we're like, what, what, how are you not more excited about this? But I mean, like I said, I guess because, he didn't grow up watching him, so it, it, it wasn't the same effect on him as it is for uh, mom and dad. That is true. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They, they see LeBron and Kobe as the goats, right? That's right. kind of their, the air for a lot of them, a lot of kids exactly. coming out at this age. Exactly. Um, Sherry, just a quick question. Do you have time for two more questions? Because I have someone else I want to ask after Lamar asks a question. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay, great. So, Lamar, we'll get you up, and then, Larry, you'll be our last question. Oh, uh, hey, um, uh, yeah, I just got in, so I don't, I didn't really hear the question that came before. Um, just maybe a quick question for Wendy, um, cause I'm a fellow Canadian myself. Um, how, what was it like, um, for your son to watch, you know, maybe, maybe the Raptors back then, or what was basketball like for him, um, in Canada growing up? Cam was a basketball fan, um, he didn't actually like to play it, but he likes to watch it. And he was a big Raptors fan. Um, however, believe it or not, he loved Michael Jordan. Everything for him was Jordan. He used to watch Space Jam like a thousand times a day. Um, anything Michael Jordan, he absolutely loved. Which, which is funny because, like we're saying, you're looking at PJ's era where it's Kobe and 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 LeBron. You know what I mean? Kem's was was Jordan. Um, when he used to watch the Raptors play, he was a huge Vince Carter fan, too, and Tracy McGrady. So in Canada, I mean, we did support the Raptors a lot. Um, but we didn't really go see many Raptors games, which is funny, because whenever we had the opportunity to go watch um, any NBA games, we went to the U.S., believe it or not. But <laughs> that's, just, that's just what it was for us, right? The excitement of leaving our country and going to watch the sport. And then years later, her Kim's actually in it. Yeah, that's great. Um, So maybe just a question for both of you now. Uh, What was the high school process for for basketball like if they if they did play much in high school? Because, um, you know, maybe they have assignments and homework. So like, what was that like? I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? I'm so sorry. So what was uh, basketball like for them in high school? Because, you know, 
in high school, there's there's homework and assignments um, and just a lot of things going on. So what was high school right. like? Well, for PJ, uh, with him being at a prep school, his prep school was just um, the boys basketball team. So yeah. uh, for him, like he didn't get the, you know, the traditional prom and, you know, get to go to all the different things, the senior pictures, all that different stuff. It was just the boys basketball team. Finley Prep was housed at, uh, um, it was a kindergarten through eighth grade private school. And then the, the, the team was just the high school part. So the teachers, you know, they just, on their breaks, they would teach the Finley Prep kids. So for him, um, it was actually better because you had a better ratio of, you know, maybe three players in the class with the one teacher. So you have more interaction with the teacher and, you know, able to learn more. Um, but uh, other than that, he was able to handle because they traveled a lot. So, you know, you, you had to be able to juggle doing your work while traveling and stay on top of it because we were the type of parents that if you didn't have good grades, then you didn't in the game and I didn't care what the coach said yep <laughs> the same thing for me as well and Kem's situation was the same as PJ's um Kem went to uh, Notre Dame prep well, he went to Winchenden prep first which is in Massachusetts and then he went to Notre Dame prep so that's a, a boys basketball you could say school as well so they really had on the road tutoring um, they didn't have a choice because they were traveling all the time. So that's pretty much how they learned. So they had like study halls whenever they were traveling, as well as every day, of course. But when they were traveling, that was a big part of their culture. So after a game, just say the game finished at five o'clock, they knew from like after supper, they they had to do their study halls no matter where they were. You know what I mean? And whatever they were on the road. So that's how it worked out for Kim. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Just nice to give you guys to you. some insight too, um, Wendy's not really talking about the, like kind of some of her side. Just so you guys hear, Wendy used to leave an AAU tournament, and when did you get back home in Montreal? Wendy, like three, four a.m. on a on a Monday morning, and have work at eight a.m. Oh my God! Yes, everything was away for me. So <laughs> so everything was minimum six hours away. So. Um, Cam's um, AAU team was in Rhode Island. So you imagine I'm in Montreal and they will call and say, okay, we have a tournament. You know what I mean? And I would literally go get Cam from school and just drive off and we were out. And, oh my God, we would just go to these tournaments and then Sunday, we would always win. Every time we went, we've never lost. So you imagine the tournaments would finish on a Sunday night at nine o'clock and then I'm driving back home. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Six, seven, ten hours and getting up, not even getting up. I wouldn't go to bed. I would just drive home, mm-hmm. Kim would go to bed and I would just change my clothes and go to work. And I did that for years. Oh, man. But, yeah. Yeah. But you got to, you know what? When you see a potential, um, as a parent, you should exercise it. It's funny because Kim, he used to say to me, um, you know, you're getting too excited about me playing basketball. I was more excited than him, but I saw what he didn't see because Kem's very quiet, he's very humble. So I kept saying, Kem, uh, you're a very good player, and I think this is what we should do. And he used to say to me, I'm going to get mad at you if I ever do bad. And I said, okay. And to this day, he and I laugh about it. He always says, I never got mad at you, eh? And I'm like, I guess you never did bad. <laughs> you're in the NBA now. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. All those, all those years of no sleep is paying off right now. Oh, nice. I love that story. Mm. <laughs> we'll get Larry up. We'll get Larry up, and then we'll finish off. Hi, everybody. Um, thanks for having me up here. Uh, you both, you both mentioned that your sons went to prep schools, and I'm sure they both went through the AAU circuit. Mm-hmm. What was that process like as parents? trying to vet these programs and coaches to make sure that they had the right intentions for your kids and that this was a program that was going to help them grow not only on the court, but off. Love that question. Beautiful oh, question. Let's see. Trying to vet these different teams. Um, for us, when the teams came calling, we wanted to 
first, we want to attend your practice. I need to, especially for me, I needed to see, can you really coach? Because I can't, I'm, you're not just going to get my son just because who my son is. And, you know, you put him on a team and you're not developing him. You're not working on anything in practice. I, no, I, that, that's a waste of my son's time. Um, so for us, we I, we had to attend to practice first. And if I can't attend to practice and and see the real you in your coaching, then my, my son can't play for you. <laughs> because if you're going to put on a show just because you know I'm in practice, oh, no. I, I, I can, you know, you can see right through that as well. Um but our son was fortunate to be able to play with uh, Penny Hardaway, the coach for University of Memphis, who's actually um, a distant cousin of mine. So we were blessed to be able to have that uh, situation to put PJ in. For me, it was totally different because for me being in Canada, I -hmm. couldn't just, you know what I mean? Like so many people were calling Mm-hmm. And to vet a program was tough because, that, for one, I didn't know the who's who. I had mm-hmm. no idea who a lot of these these teams were. I had no idea um, the coaches never heard of them. Um, so I really had to um, go with the circle of people that I knew. And then some of them were in the U.S. and they would go. So I really mm-hmm. had to put my trust in other people, which is not what I wanted. But I didn't have the luxury you know what I mean? All the time to get in the car and go. Um, so I would really go by reputation and ask around, okay, well, you know, Notre Dame Prep wants Cam. What's going on? You know what I mean? Because there is a lot of things what people don't know. I mean, there's a lot of bribery going on with our kids mm-hmm. and people offering, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, we'll offer you and your mama and your daddy a house and all kind of nonsense to play for the team. We'll give you cell phones. And for a young kid, mm-hmm. that sounds like gold. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that was one thing that I had to make sure Kim understood. You're not going there because we're going to give you a cell phone and you're not taking a cell phone. You know what I mean? So that's another thing um, that we had to watch out for too. So um, as a mother, it it was tough because I didn't know who to trust. And there was a couple of times where I had to get in my car and go down because some of the coaches didn't think that I would. And there was a few times where I had to just bat up with a couple of them because at the end of the day, it's our kids. It's not theirs, right? And a lot of these schools felt that they owned your kids. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you don't own any child of mine. So it, it was tough. It was, it was really tough. Mm-hmm. Sure, you got a basketball family, eh? Penny's a distant cousin. You and uh-huh. uh, your husband both played D1 basketball, now PJ, eh? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> wow, that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for um for allowing me to ask a question. I have two daughters. One of them is always playing with a basketball, even though she has no idea what she's doing. And the <laughs> other one wants to be a cheerleader. But I'm hoping I could guide one of them in the direction of trying to be a pro athlete. So, Amen. But I want to make sure I do it right, because, you know, there's so many people with um ill intentions. So That's- it was good to get some insight from some parents. Mm-hmm. And you'll know it. You'll be able to feel it when it's it's not when it's not the best of your child. You know I'm what, Larry? Overprotective. So. But that's a good thing as a parent yeah. to be overprotective. And you know what, Larry? There's so many other resources now that are out there. I mean, for me with Cam, there was really no Google. I couldn't go online and figure all this stuff out. Right? Where now you? And plus, I didn't know um, a lot of things too. I didn't know where to go where now it's much easier. So for you as a parent, you have more resources available for you to do your homework before you put your children in any kind of program. Wendy will tell you Matt Quest was um, her best friend uh, for those long, uh, those long car rides. Sorry. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, Larry, our show might be called courtside moms, but you should check it out because it might be the moms talking, but there's lots of amazing experiences and advice that, Yep. That if you if you like this, you will learn from, and it's worth it if you have the time to check out some of our episodes. Oh, please drop the link in the chat because um, I tend to do a lot of podcast listening or locker room listening while I'm at work. Awesome. I'll- mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming up, Larry. Uh, thank- yeah, you're awesome. Thank you. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, and good luck Last- to you and your daughters. Thank you. <laughs> Last question of the night of the night, Braden Steele. Hey guys, uh, I got a lot of Canadian families, so I'm loving the uh, every once in a while the A at the last because I hear that all the time. It's 
fun to hear that. But um, <laughs> so I had a question for uh, both of you. So obviously going into the NBA and becoming a pro athlete is like a huge life change for anybody, even no matter where you're coming from, a college or straight, you know, from a prep school or anything like that. So what was the, when they, when your kids went into the NBA, what was the immediate plan with like the finances and the living situations? Like what was the plan for you guys as parents to get your kids into that, uh, into the proper situation so they could succeed in the NBA? Um, you first, Wendy, you want me to jump in there? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay, with us, uh, my husband and I, we had surround. Well, we had already set up a team for PJ, and he has a financial team to where we. I, I was about to say we give. That's just the parent in me, but <laughs> the way we said we we did talk to PJ, but the way we set it up, he has an allowance that he can spend for the month, and then everything else is saved. And with him being um, a first-year rookie, we thought, "Oh, you don't, you only need five thousand dollars. You'll be fine. Maybe ten. Maybe ten. <laughs> uh huh." And when or when we told him ten, he was like, "Oh, that's too much. I can't spend that much money in a month." And my husband and I, we're both laughing because we're like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." So he started with five, and then it was probably three quarters of a way through the season where he asked for it to be bumped up to ten. Because he likes to buy clothing and shoes now all of a sudden. But um, so he has the financial team. We have that set up for him. And then everything else goes to savings. And as far as his car purchases, because my son, he owns three vehicles. And I, sh I shouldn't say own because we didn't allow him to buy those vehicles. Those vehicles are leases because we figured with him being so young, he was going to change his mind every year. So what we're doing with him, he's leasing his vehicles until he gets a little more mature and seasoned, and then we'll let you start buying. Pretty smart. Mm -hmm. With Cam, Cam, um, we have a, a financial team that was put in place uh, for him as well. Um, but this was prior to him going to the NBA because he went to Turkey first and then he went to, um, to Greece after. And the funny thing about it with him in Turkey, he didn't spend anything, like nothing. So Kim had his first contract, um, I believe at the time it was 200000 And um, Kim came home with all of it. Because in Turkey, they feed you and they do all kinds of stuff. So Kim never really wants, first of all, where's he going shopping in Turkey? So <laughs> he wasn't going anywhere. Smart. Smart. Yep. And Kim just kept it all. And mm -hmm. then after he went to Greece, you know what I mean? Then he was like, okay, this is a little bit different now. So that's really when the financial team kicked in and put him on an allowance and said, okay, Cam, you know what I mean? This is what you're going to spend. But up until this day, Cam is not a big spender at all. He really isn't. Like I said, he doesn't go anywhere. Cam just stays home. He'll, he'll listen, the only thing he'll spend his money on is, is his PS5. If, if, you, if you tell him that's $10,000, that'll be the best $10,000 spent. But other than that, Cam is not spending any of his money, which is good. Like he understands that, um, you know, you're in the NBA now, but you don't know how long you're going to be there. And as players, they got to be careful with their money and their contracts, right? Because some of that money is going to stretch because they don't know what they're going to do after the NBA. Not all players are grounded like that. They they don't know what life after basketball is. They just can't foresee that, right? There are players for life is in their minds. So that's what it was for Cam and his money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was always just wondering, because like a lot, most of these guys going to the NBA are like basically still like teenagers or kids, like, mm -hmm. and obviously like they don't know how to spend their money. And you know, I see all these NBA players who immediately buy like a Porsche or do all this money, and then you know later on they're like they don't know what to do with it anymore, and they're like oh, that was a bad purchase. So yeah, it's good yep. to hear you guys uh you know set up good uh, financial plans for your kids and kept them kept mm -hmm. them sound on that. Mm -hmm. Brayden, I know you just joined, but Sherry said what your one of your proudest moments is when PJ became a homeowner. I think mm -hmm. you said that. Mm hmm. Yes, for us, because it's from what we've heard, it's not the norm for rookies to come into the league and you know purchase homes. Yeah. Uh, that that's just not something you see them do. But I mean, we sat him down and explained to him the benefits of that for him, and mm -hmm. you know he. Lived to us and he went out and purchased a home so you know we're proud of him for that 
Yeah, Cam just bought his first home um, in 2020. Mm-hmm. After three and, and, and a couple of years in the league, right? So he really took his time. But after a while, I was like, you know what? You, you've been renting. Right. Um, he only started renting when he was in Orlando, right? Because before when he was playing G League, I mean, that's paid for. Then in Turkey and Greece, his contract was all that. His housing is paid for. So right. it was really when he got into the NBA where he was like, hold on a second. I have to pay my own rent. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you you have your own money, man. You know what I mean? So he only started, uh, he only bought his house, I think, was last February. So he too is a homeowner now, which is, which is a blessing as a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You share it. They get their own house. That means they won't come back to us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my parents didn't even become homeowners till they were in like their late twenties and early thirties. So they were in the military just moving around. So right. it's crazy to own a house that young. Life rapid yeah. is crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. I can't look, I, I just want, Cause I tell all my kids, I can't wait till you guys become homeowners so I can come tear up your stuff like you did us for years. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Cherry, go live in his basement. So exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know though, cause he's got that big old dog. Uh uh-uh. uh. I love my grandpa, but I just like visiting and then leaving. Yep. <laughs> well, That's awesome. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure everybody in locker a locker room appreciates you giving us your time. Wendy, thank you as always. Just so you guys know, this is a podcast we have regularly. Um, Wendy is the host. Sherry's our lovely guest. She'll be dropping on Thursday. It's such a great interview. We just did it. Sherry's a lot of fun. So you guys really want to tune into that one. She'll have you on your, she'll have you laughing the whole time, pretty much. Um, so it's called Courtside Moms. Just want to throw that out there. Um, and that's pretty much it from us. And we'll be probably doing this again sometime. So we'll see you guys soon. Absolutely. Have a great thank one, guys. You. Have a great night. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Amen, hey, Sherry. Thank, thank you, you so on. much. I keep in thank touch. you. Thanks, everyone.